0: The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels, such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome everyone to Neo Reality Collective. I'm your host Eric Brown. We're back after a very long hiatus. Uh, I did some review. I brought back Immortal X Men. I uh, talked about that issue, so that was fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a good minute. Uh, they're in the end of the month and all that. But we got a ton of news to cover throughout this week, throughout the last few weeks. Uh, I've been trying to get uh, touching everything with that again, but um, we're back. We're Hopefully you're going to try and not have any more issues, but I can't promise anything, as always, since life. And i plus also opened up a new podcast talking about wrestling content, more exclusively, since I stopped talking about it on this podcast. So, let's get right into everything. Lord of the Rings MMO, coming from new world developer Amazon Games. Yep, uh, even though there's a 2007 Lord of the Rings Online game... And Amazon, and there's a completely different, and there was a previously canceled Amazon's Lord of the Rings MMO. There's another one, Third Times the Charm, that is currently in early stages of development, and as of yet has no official title. Um, how about Lord of the Rings ROP MMO? Probably not, but still. Um... Yeah, uh, so they're saying, in this report, that Amazon Games Orange County, the team behind New World, is leading the development of a new MMO, which will be coming to PC and consoles. No release window has been given, though Amazon did say it would feature the stories of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings book trilogy, saying, we're taking every care to deliver an MMO, which will do justice to the expansive Middle-Earth universe and delight players around the world. Bringing players a fresh take on Lord of the Rings has been long been an aspiration of our team, And we're honored and grateful that Middle-earth Enterprises is trusting us with this iconic world," the vice president of Amazon Games said. He also made it clear to IGN that this project is a brand new take on a Lord of the Rings MMO and won't be using any of the materials from the one Amazon canceled in 2021, saying it's completely new, the old project wasn't very long in development, it's not that it was a three-year project, it was a very small team working on a certain part of the game, but it was not full-blown production. The team also appears confident in their ability to produce a high-quality MMO, saying only technical limitations will hold them back, saying this is a completely new game because of the license is much, much wider. he continued, obviously there's nothing changing because we all know the world is set, the characters are set, it's really the freedoms we have in terms of the gameplay features and where now anything is possible. The limitation is where it's technically possible or not. Before it was like, it's a good idea, but we can't do it because there's something else going on. Now, the mission we are on, the mission Embracer fully supports, Middle Earth Enterprises fully supports, is to make the biggest, best MMO out there based on Lord of the Rings. That's our ambition. Lee, uh, the CEO of Middle Earth Enterprises, operative group of Free Mode, reiterated this point saying, uh, We're taking every care to deliver an MMO which will do justice to the expansive Middle Earth universe and delight players around the world. So. Yeah, <clears throat> and plus they'd be competing with the MMO that Turbine released 16 years ago because they're still receiving updates from that company 16 years after it came out, so yeah, I feel like there might be a situation here. Meanwhile, Amazon Games' CEO gave an interview talking about how they reborn the Lord of Learning the Rings MMO will learn from New World, and well, it's going to be a roller coaster of a ride, right? Meanwhile, on FX, FX, um, Archer is set to end with season 14. No. According to Variety, the farewell run will kick off two, with two episodes on FXX on August 30th. We're both available to stream the next day on Hulu. Unlike previous seasons, they did not announce a formal season 14 renewal for Archer, and there's no word yet on how many episodes the final season will run. The past three seasons have consisted of 8 episodes, whereas the other seasons had 13 episodes. Season 14 will see Archer and the agency trying to find their own way with Luna at the helm. Per an official synopsis from FX, her goal is to make money while also making the world a better place, but she quickly finds out running a spy agency isn't so cut and dry. So, although the series began as a spoof on spy comedy, the subsequent seasons have taken some detours into genres like classic noir and mystery and even an Amazonian adventure before returning to its roots with characters back as spies completing various missions. And plus, I would, and I do kind of want to see them re- bring back Frisky Dingo just to connect Archer with that universe. It, it'd be funny since this is the same team. So. So after the CMA went ahead and canceled Standby the decision to block the Activision Blizzard-Microsoft merger, the European Commission has announced their ruling on the merger, saying that we approve of it. And, well, the CMA is not happy about this, and so are a bunch of Sony fanboys who've lost their complete absolute madness saying bribery or conspiracies or other stuff that makes no sense so yeah it, it's been a it's been a while right i don't know what's gonna happen we'll see as the updates come out in the subsequent months and weeks so the witcher spin-off studio hit with layouts due to the game's restructuring um and i restart after restarting development of the upcoming multiplayer spin-off game of witcher the developer the molasses flood has been hit with layoffs because the project has changed so it's the composition of the team that's working on it mainly the molasses flood side a cdr project Red spokesperson said in a statement provided by C- to kotaku the concrete number of employees were rep- part of rep- ways is t- with as 21 team members in the u.s and eight in poland working on the project outside the u.s so they were restarting this after a new framework. Before that, there were concerns the project would have been cancelled, that the had been cancelled outright after the game, company filed something to write off assets, but the company made it clear the game would continue. And the president and its joint CEO of the pro, of the company, Adam, um, explained that the reason of the restructure was to ensure the studio did not carry on with projects that CDPR did not align with. So, yeah, uh, Plus, you know, there's, like, several other games we're working on, so that's probably a big contributing factor. I could be wrong, but that's kind of up there. Also, following an ESRB rating, Stray could finally be coming to the Xbox after their time to exclusive with Sony ends. Yay. So, a reveal could come during the June 11th Xbox Games Showcase, though, or at least during the wider summer Mers Game Fest event, for which, which is the studio that was behind the game, uh, is listed on as an official partner. <clears throat> Blue Twelve Studios' cat-based adventure, which re- received its ESRB rating on May 16th, and uh, was spotted as a surprisingly, surprisingly the same E10 rating on you know, PlayStation PC versions. So, E for everyone, yay! Usoft is now looking for to Assassin's Creed for future salvation mid-challenging year. Oh no, the horrible company that's trying its damnedest to hope for the best for Assassin's Creed Mirage and all those other life services projects they're working on. I can't believe it. I'm so I'm so worried about the future. No, I'm not really. So there's gonna be a new iPhone update. Um apparently there's going to be a new major iphone which will be capable of digitally reproducing our voices in a press release apple detailed numerous of new accessibility features that will assist those who lost the ability to speak have low vision or are blind apple's personal voice will allow users to create a synthesized voice that sounds like the iphone and ipad users apple says you can activate the voice by recording 15 minutes of audio of your device using the set of randomized text prompts as shown in the image as shown in the image that was released Outside personal voice, a per- another accessibility feature for those who lost their ability to speak is live speech, which will allow users that are either co- conversing in person or through a FaceTime or phone call to type what they want to say and have it spoken aloud. It will include an option to say commonly used phrases. Accessibility is part of everything we do at Apple. <laughs> The Apple Senior Director of Global Accessibility Policy Initiative said in a press release, "...these groundbreaking features were designed with feedback from the members of the disability communities every step of the way to support a diverse set of users and help people connect in new ways." Okay, uh, accessibility is great, helping those who can no longer speak or have lost their ability to speak or various other conditions, I admit, I admit, that's a good thing. We're stopping them what's stopping for other people from taking advantage of the personal voice to make shit posts and memes because that's what AI is so far good for besides being a horrible screw job affair. So yeah one of the big news that happened in May uh, has been the absolute pissed off everyone's losing their freaking minds over it. Overwatch 2 has scrapped the hero mode PvE mode, saying it was a difficult choice and they showcased a new roadmap and showcasing their live feature, their live service features for Overwatch 2. And I'm just like, and they scrapped the hero sk- tree skill, they scrapped everything. When I had heard this, I was like, okay. W- the only thing you had left to justify the existence of Overwatch 2 is gone now. You can't go back from this. Uh, to justify the Overwatch 2 name is now gone, and this isn't like a um, this isn't like a thing where they announced it during deve- during the uh, release and then they were scrapping it. No, 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 no. no. It was one of the main promotions they made for years, even before Watch 2 came out or updated it out. And now. Now the ambitious project is gone and has been given a significant reduce. It's. And leaks came out that apparently it was a higher up decision, so blame Activision Blizzard management and how they basically were like, no, we need to monetize this game until everything breaks, damn it. So, yeah, I heard this, I was disappointed beyond belief. Like, I wasn't there during the whole huge announcement. I like saw the first trailer for Overwatch 2 and then never talked about it again, and never saw it. And never looked it up again. I didn't know about the hero mode until a little bit later, but by that point I was like, okay, they know they, canceled, they, de- they delayed it, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna get canceled. All I got, there's no recording of me saying that, but that was my opinion at the time, and I was like, it's gonna get canceled. They're gonna try and screw people over because this is Activision Blizzard. Uh, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Microsoft could go ahead and buy out the company. I'm pretty sure they should make the announcement. We're bringing it back and we're renewing focus on it. That would be a way to win the public over. Uh, Yeah. Also, Apple Maps and Music are going to make it easier to find concerts. Yay a new feature that will help people find curated guides to highlight popular concert venues in 14 major cities worldwide. The inclusion is part of an expansion of Maps already curated guides for things like food and shopping. They will integrate Suzanne's module allowing users to browse upcoming shows for our favorite music artists. And the press release notes that Apple Music will also introduce a new set list space that shines so- a light on the selection of major tours, letting fans listen to set lists. It offers users the option to read more about the productions. So, yeah, they already stream music, so this was probably the next big step. Meanwhile, there has been a ton and tons of talk about who will be the new Superman and the cast for the Superman Legacy Project for James Gunn's production as he's seeing the director phase. Uh, right now, their name is bubbling up roles for Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Lex Luthor. They already have a cast member involved, and they're even bring in Crypto, the Dog. So, uh, I think we already declare this a success. Um, <clears throat> so there's been a list of people, um... There's a lot of people that are being considered for the, for multiple roles, uh, according to Hollywood Reporter David Corson, who recently played the ill-fated projectionist opposite Mia Goth in Pearl, is among the top candidates to play Clark Kent, aka Superman, advancing to the screen test stage that will likely take place on after Memorial Day or early June, multiple sources tell Hollywood Reporter. Two other contenders may also be in the mix, but their identities remain unknown. May- meanwhile, another soft to star from the resident villain of Euphoria on HBO, Jacob, is a name that has surfaced for the role of Kid, but sources say he never submitted himself into the ring. British actors Tom Brittany-, Brittany and Andrew Richardson were also names that were in the mix. As for Lane, the iconic reporter and lover of Superman, and great badass kick-ass reporter and currently the editor-in-chief of the comic side of the universe, has been considered Contenders have been Emma McKay, one of the stars of the Netflix series *Sex Education*, and who will appear in one of Rose *Barbie*. Okay, that's the thing I recall. Rachel Bonsan, the Emmy-winning star and long-declined Marvelous Miss Mar- Miss uh, Mrs. Missou. I-, I almost thought it was Miss Marvel at first when I heard that, and then I was like, "Oh no, it's not." Um, Act. Briganton actress uh, Phoebe Denyer and S- Samara Weaving, last seen in Scream 6. Uh, it is unclear who's advantage to the testing screening. It was said that Bros Hansen is said to have delivered an outstanding audition, but at 32, maybe at an older range for what Gunn is ultimately helping you achieve. A look at Metropolis heroes: We have 20 something characters. That, and I will also point out that it's also a, 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 a big play by James Gunn. Um, they're hiring younger actors in their 20s. I know what the plan is. I can take a wild, wild guess. They're planning to lock in these younger actors to contracts for a long, long time, monetize it. Basically, they're trying to monopolize the actors in massive roles like this. So, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if if that was the plan and they weren't going to get someone in their 30s or 40s unless lest they have characters set for that role and have only can only be in that role. So probably the Justice Society, but if, if they show up in this universe. Sources caution that some of these not, not screen testing and merely been in the mix. One source, without providing additional detail, dismissed some of the names as a chat room list. Warners had no comment and one insider said the filmmakers and studios are nowhere near a decision. One role that seems to have been the only person earmarked as the classic villain lex Luthor, nicholas halt currently starring the vampire thr- thr- thriller redfield Redfield has been chipped to play the ball-headed evil genius halt's name has been swirling around legacy for several weeks now with some theorizing he was up for superman the actor had previously closed call with dc movie around when he v- was the runner to play the batman for matt reese's r- role from matt reese's the batman with the role going to robert Pattinson because uh Twilight, something. The studio has loved in sense Fury Road. What said one source referring to Warner Bros.' 2015 action classic from George Miller. And while the role is being chased by many top towns up-and-comers, include a trio of classic characters, Sources say the movie will be popular by many faces that, as it will seek to introduce DC heroes are already established in the movie setting. And Superman Legacy would be the first film into the Gun saffron regime of DC, making the casting a particular note. The superhero holds a place in a particular importance for Gun, saying, I completely relate to Superman because he's everything I am. Gunn told THR in an April cover story saying he's somebody who is an outsider who feels like an alien, but is the ultimate insider he, because he's effing Superman, and that's kind of like what I feel like. So, yeah, they also confirmed that Crypto of the Superdog's coming in, so that's going to be freaking awesome. I have hopes that James Gunn can make this. I'm hoping he doesn't go all the way Guardians of the Galaxy humor with this. I hope he does a big—like, I'm not saying he could have humor in the film. That, that's a given. But, like, I'm hoping there's a lot of hard and, like, some dark turns that you don't expect for this. But ultimately keeping the hope and optimism that is Superman and also the benefit of humanity. Meanwhile, uh, Loki season two has been announced for October six, uh, hooray, and will be released weekly. However, Disney is going to follow a Netflix strategy of releasing all of them for Echo season one. Uh-huh. I was surprised by that. So, all of Echo Season 1 is going to be in this, and I'm pretty sure and, uh, that Daredevil and uh, the Kingpin will become a part of this, as they have been spot reportedly returning for their Echo show. And plus, uh, Kingpin was shot, and he'll be blind for a while, probably, like in the comics were. So... Get ready for all that. Now, let's talk about something stupidly serious and also infuriating when you think about it for more than six seconds. So, on May 17th, a massive spoiler came out regarding the, uh, upcoming seminal issue of Spider-Man by Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. And by seminal run, I mean depressing as all hell and what the hell is wrong with all of that, everybody. So, we're heading to the 50th of ana- the 6th, the, uh... Decades-long uh, death of uh, Gwen Stacy from all the way from the '60s, and yeah, Marvel Comics is spoiling. Marvel Comics has had their ending reveal be leaked. Yep. <laughs> so the the major death reveal has been leaked. So, who's the character that's dying? Well, Marvel decided to bait and switch everyone by teasing it was going to be Mary Jane Watson, only to reveal it's not Mary Jane Watson. It's supporting character Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. We live in a society. <laughs> oh man. So. Considering um, Kamala Khan is going to be making her big movie debut in the Marvels this November, and Zeb Wells is actually one of the writers of that film, uh, yeah, this... And Marvel decided to basically publicly confirm it, because of course they did. And sure enough, uh, everyone's pissed off, Fallen Friend and all that's happening. And I'm just that guy that's sitting in the background that's like, Oh, for fuck's sake, I know what they're gonna do. So, here's the thing. This death's not gonna stick. It's still BS, but I know where they're going for. They're not killing Miss Marvel off forever. They're killing off G. Will Wilson's Miss Marvel. The one who had the Inbigin powers and was an inhuman. No, 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 no. They're going to retcon it. They're gonna bring her back alright as the mutant version that's in the MCU and get rid of her unique stretching powers, and biggin and all that in favor of her MCU Sanji plan. Because of course they are. I like it's still BS. But The fact that they're trying their damned best to explain to everybody why every single element of this run of Zeb Wells' Spider-Man has been a complete and utter disaster. So, yeah, everyone's pissed. I'm mad, Uh, I've talked with people about it, and then, um, as I was thinking about it, looking back on the run of Miss Marvel, back when G. Willow Wilson was, Wilson was writing everything, and I looked it up, turns out, I I forgot this because the comics completely forgot about this, G. Willow Wilson established that Ms. Marvel can heal after, you know, being injured. So, this is the thing. She could get hurt when she... She could be hurt, fatally wounded in her transformation forms when she goes into a different form. She gets killed off, posing as Mary Jane Watson, getting stabbed in the stomach by a god. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, So, that happened. But she reverts back to her regular form and still dies, but in the comics previously... They've established that she can get hurt, fatally wounded, and yes, she has, quote, died on several occasions, mostly in Champion's Run when Miles Morales made a deal with the Devil Mephisto in a more a more tolerable sense, and there was no conditions added to it, but someone did ultimately die, but it wasn't the Miss Marvel character, but like, let me get back to this. Miss Marvel dying makes no sense when you think about it because they established in the early run that if Miss Marvel got seriously wounded in her transform phase, she can revert back, she can get healed back up when she reverts back to her regular cell. What's how do they explain it here? So far, we've seemingly gotten the it's magic, we don't have to explain it. See? Magically, supernatural forces are causing this. And I'm that guy that's sitting in the background and it's like, Oh god, you're gonna make me as mad as Aaron Yeager is on a daily basis. So, yeah. No one's happy. No, No one is happy. So, fuck! Right? Fuck, right? Fuck everything. So, the Eisen Award nominees have been revealed, such as Batman One More Day and all that. But, um, <clears throat> we have gotten the nominees for Best Short Story, The Beat Keepers Do, by Jimmy Stamp and Deborah Santos. And Scott Snyder presents Tales from the Cloakroom, Cloakroom Comics. Finding Batman by Kevin Conroy and Jay Bone. I expect that to win just for honoring Kevin C- Conroy, but I'll be surprised not surprised if, if uh jonathan hickman wins with his you get it in amazing fantasy 1000 uh silent all these years by margaret atwood and da- david mack in little earthquakes good morning by christopher cantwell and alex glens in moonlight black white and blood number four and let's see that was about it Best Single Issue Slash One Shot Batman One More Day, One Bad Day, The Riddler by Tom King and Mitch Grandis Mary Jane and Black Cat Beyond by Jed McCain, Coffee Villa Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood Issue 3 by, edited by Tom Brevins Star Trek Number 4,000 Issue 4,000 edited by Heather Antos of IDW A uh, Circle Book 1 by Madison Tomlin and Lee Benjamin. Bergmenjo, I think Best Continuing Series: Daredevil by De- Chip Zdarsky, The Department of Truth by James Tynion IV, uh, Kilofi- *Kiladelphia* by Roddy Barnes and Jason Shaw Alexander, *The Nice House on the Lake* by James Tynion, *Nightwing* by Tom Taylor, and *She-Hulk* by Rainbow Rowell. Uh, really, any continuing series could probably win this, and, and I'll be, and I'll be freaking amazed. Uh, uh. Best limited series, Animal Castle by Xavier Dorsen. Uh, Batman, One more, one Bad Day. I don't know why I keep saying One More Day because we keep talking about Spider-Man. The Human Target by Tom King and Grace Smallwood. Miracle Man by Neil Gaiman and Buckingham, The Silver Age by Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham. Um, Superman, Space Age by Mark Russell. Uh, I read One Bad Day series, and I've read the, uh, Human Target. They were very excellent stories, and whatnot. Best new series, The Atonement Bell, Love Everlasting, Public Domain, Star Trek, or Traveling to Mars. For best publication for early readers, up to age 8, Beneath the Trees, The Fine Summer, Fox Plus Chick, Up and Down, and Other Stories, Grumpy Monkey Who Threw That, Hey Bruce... An interactive book, The Pigeon Who Will Will Ride the Roller Coaster by Mo Williams. And there was a bunch of other of, uh, publications for uh, kids and everything, but, like, they have Best Reality best reality Books, uh, Reality-Based Books, Best Graphic Memoirs, Best Graphic Albums, and whatnot, and Best Reprints, Best Adaptation from Another, from another Medium... Best U.S. Edition on, edition on the International Material. Yeah, it, it's pretty insane how this list was. Uh, they also have Best Writer. Tom King is one of them. Grace Ellis. Mark Russell. James Tiny in the Fork. Chip Zdarsky. Best Writer and Artist. Uh, Shara Anderson. Kate Benton. Esps. I'm pretty sure I butchered that. Junji Ito. Zu Thorogood. Best Penciler and whatnot, Bruno and Greg Smallwood are definitely nominees. Sean Phillips, definitely a nominee. I can see that. Jason, Sean, Alexander, and Alberto Martinez-Bruno. Uh, Best painter Multimedia Artist, Lee Benjamin for uh, Boom Cycle, Boom Studios, Vicious Cycle, Felix Delp, Ilp Schmidt, uh, Sana Ta- Takada. I'm pretty sure I'm butchering all these names. I am sorry. Thomas Woodruff, and whatnot. Best Cover Artist, Jen Bentel, Bruno, Bruno, Alex Ross, Astros. Alex Ross is probably gonna win because it's Alex Ross, but I I can see these other winners winning, the other nominees winning, but it's gonna be hard to top Alex Ross. Uh, We also have Best Coloring, Lettering, Comic-related Periodical Journalism, Best Comics-related Book, like there is a huge ton of of nominees and publication categories. Sadly, my favorite series Immortal moral action is not on the list because, of course. Meanwhile, uh, <laughs> Telltale's The Expanse episode one arrives in July. Expanse, July twenty seventh, to be exact. V- and following, and will be following with four episodes released every two weeks after. So. Yeah, uh, The Expanse, first revealed at the Game Awards 2021, being de- co-developed by True Color Studio Deck Nine. This is the first new IP from Telltale since it was revived in 2019. Meanwhile, Sega is considering joining Nintendo, Ubisoft, and other publishers like EA and, and Sony uh, into raising the price to 70 bucks because integrity means nothing. Take two's coming year includes 16 games including a new IP from a Premiere Studio. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm pretty sure one of them is GTA 6. Uh, we also got, uh, those games include NBA 2K24 and WWE 2K24 and I wouldn't be surprised within the next two years they'll, they'll have GTA 6 coming out in 2025. So, get ready for that. Probably a live Servants game here and there. And, uh, a multiplayer character action game. That's a lot of works. So, yeah. There's also been word that they might also release GTA 6 in 2020, physical year 2025, which will begin on April 2024. It's mathematics, I do not get it either. Uh, to achieve a massive eight billion, they would need to make a significant acquisition or release nearly double the amount games that it historically has. Uh, so GTA 6 might be the guy that might mean they rush it but uh, that hopefully not also take 2 cancelled several unannounced games and quietly delayed others and probably for the best if we're not knowing what they are Meanwhile, and they also came out and announced that, uh, that they support the Microsoft Activ- Activision Blizzard deal and saying what's good for them is good for the industry so there's that And, we got another big epic update. So, one of the things that was announced is Mortal Kombat 12. It was then called Mortal Kombat 1. Because Mortal Kombat 1 is the latest title from the acclaimed Mortal Kombat game series from NetherRealm Studios. And will feature a reborn universe that has been created by Fire God Liu Kang featuring reimagined versions of iconic characters. So, yeah, this is a reboot. It is somewhat continuing off of the story from the last game, Mortal Kombat 11, but it's basically a reboot with reinterpretations and reimagining of all the characters that we've grown to know and love. So yeah, I'm excited for that game. I already pre-ordered the premium Steel Book edition because I like Steel Books, damn it. But there has been a leak of who's set to join the game in DLCs. Uh, The list came out, uh, an Amazon listing came out in Italy that there are going to be six playable characters and five cameo characters in combat pack one. The six playable characters are said to be Quan Chi, Ermac, Takara, but please know who is also on here. Peacemaker from DC Comics, Omni-Man from Invincible, and Homelander from the boys. Oh yeah, we know where that's gonna go Homelander versus versus Omni-Man That's gonna tear the house down Oh, oh, that's gonna be wild So, yeah, I I am uh, I am hyped In all honesty for this It's probably gonna be crazy But uh, we'll see I'm excited for that. I, I really am. I wonder who's going to be announced for Combat Combat Pack 2. But uh, anyways, uh, the upcoming Squid Game reality show arrives this November for, a ch- for 456 people for the chance to win $4.56 million, though no specific premiere date has been shared for November. Though, um... We still remember the inhumane conditions that Squid Game The Challenge has gotten, so, uh... You might need to think about that. <laughs> oh, damn it. Meanwhile, a Kree 3 anime is being- expe- is being exclusively being shown in Japan. Uh... Yeah, Kree 3 is gain- had an anime short that's being exclusively shown in Japan announced by Michael B Jordan the new anime is attached to the showings of Creed 3. He announces on Instagram and, and us Americans and the rest of the world are being told to go after ourselves. Thanks. Thanks Michael B Jordan. I, I'm sure I'm sure we, we 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 love to hear that. Meanwhile, Hogwarts Legacy data mine reveals morality system where unforgivable curses come came with a cost. As reported, a new data mine of the popular Harry Potter game, albeit people have their opinions on it, I'm not going to get into that, revealed that a morality system was at least tested before launch, meaning that the unforgivable curses weren't quite so free and easy. YouTuber Grand Theft Diamonds uncovered a hidden morality system while looking at the game's SQL files and has been given a house point penalty to Wizards who choose to use Kedavra and other unforgivable curses. As you might expect, the Killing Curse would have racked up the worst penalties, removing 100 house points from players. Casting Imperius would cost the players 50 points, while in-game actions such as extortion or bullying would have cost 50 to 25 points respectively. Only a few actions awarded an increase, like studying class, adding 10, or participating in a club would have added 5. Uh, it's not just a house points deduction either. Other consequences for misdeeds include references to crime scene investigations, which, and call AF, which Grand Theft Diamonds supposedly stands for a call authority figure. Ultimately, however, the morality system was scrapped. Now that would have been interesting, but at the same time, we could also go ahead and do a morality system on J.K. Rowling and how she's a horrible person. But uh, I'm pretty sure that would take way too much longer for the developers to make since they really don't like her. So yeah, they had to re. So yeah, that had happened, and despite being being updated by Turbine for uh, Lord of the Rings Online, they're still going to be making it. They're still going to be working on it. It's not being canceled. Uh, Standing Stone developer ca- came out in a forum post, um, so that's good at least. They're not scrapping the whole thing. But uh, meanwhile, Featurama Revival comes to Hulu this July. Yes! The first two episodes featured in in the upcoming season, which is said to have a storyline that will appeal to both new and and old viewers following decade-long mysteries. According to the synopsis, there will be developments in the epic love story of Fry and Leela, the mysterious contents of Nibbler's Leela Box, the secret history of evil robot Santa, Santa, and the whereabouts of Kiff and Amy's tadpoles. There is also a pandemic in town, and the crew explores the future of vaccines, Bitcoin, and cancel culture amid streaming television. So, I'm expecting you timely, hilarious content. Meanwhile, Deadpool 3 is bringing back Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Yuiko, and there's also rumors that three of the original cast members of the original X-Men trilogy of Storm, Cyclops, and not Wolverine—he's already confirmed Uh, back—Storm, Cyclops, and Jean Grey are also set to come back to join the to join the Deadpool 3, basically becoming this more of an X-Men film than Deadpool 3 and being a massive farewell to all these older actors who play the iconic characters that we've grown to love in comics. I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that's the case, and I I hope that they go out in in style. Also, the CW is now starting to get a programming makeover, saying that the Super Series shows have had their time, and it's now time to move forward, and moving on from the Arrowverse, despite the... uh, currently architect of the Arrowverse currently saying that they're not going anywhere, they're not done yet. But CW, they're probably done with it, and therefore the Arrowverse is probably going to be somewhere else, probably. I I don't know. Also, uh... Secret Invasion, the upcoming Marvel TV show on Disney Plus, has announced that, uh, yeah, uh, they described it as a paranoid thriller, feel of the Captain America Winter Soldier, a step further, according to producer Jonathan Swartz. Though Winter Soldier certainly gave us a lot of comments that we could tell a story in the space that felt more like a paranoid thriller. thriller. Secret Invasion takes it a step further and you really get to dig into Nick Fury. It becomes a much more character focused in a way that I really love. This is what I got from the trailers, especially since you now have scrolls that can turn into anybody and anything and do their powers. And considering Winter Soldier is considered one of the best MCU movies in the in the Infinity Saga, that's a good thing. Also, um, May 18th happened, so Alien vs. Predator, remember that icon, remember those days of Fox having Alien vs. Predator stuff? So, it turns out, uh, according to Perfect Organism Podcast, Joshua... Izzo, the former licensing director of 20th Century Fox prior to the acquisition of the company and founder of Alien Day in 2016, revealed, um, that Disney has locked, has put a lock and key in their iconic Disney vault, that, uh, there's a completed, please no, completed Alien vs. Predator anime series that's 10 episodes long, and... Yeah, they have it under lock and key, and I'm just that guy that's sitting in the background, is like, oh my god, you were doing David Zazlav before David Zazlav took over Warner Bros. Discovery. Goddamn. So, yeah, the reported director of this was apparently the person who also was. They brought a director who, according to Izzo, worked on Halo Legends and Harlock Space Pirate and pitched an entirely different story for the series. According to Alien vs. Pirate of the Galaxy, the director is rumored to be Shinji Amakari I'm pretty sure I butchered that completely, sorry. Aside from Halo Legends and Harlock, um... He held Starship Troopers, Appleseed, Appleseed X Machina, and Blade Runner Black Lotus. Uh, so I'm like... Together with Baker and Cauldron on the Western Animation Consultants, um, they had worked on a 10-episode series of this, which is set sometime after the events of Alien vs. Predator in Alien 4. The episodes would be split into three DVDs for the West and aired individually on Japanese television. And I'm that guy that's sitting here and it's like, oh my god, okay, can, can we can we pressure Disney to get the, give this to us? It's like Disney was realizing they were becoming the good guys, so they need someone to reveal that we're still Disney because of the whole Ron DeSantis nonsense. And that's a completely different topic. If I ever start a political channel, it will mostly political podcasts. it will mostly be me bashing Brad DeSantis probably and all the GOP corruption. And general corruption. But, uh, let's finish this off! Oh god, well, this has been one I've been wanting to talk about. So, Dawn of the DCU for uh, DC Comics has been this big initiative, and they've been introducing concepts and characters and restarting old, old ongoing limited series that we haven't seen in a long, long while, who've never been starred in it for a long while since the olden days. Still waiting for, for hopefully, a Don Detroit mini miniseries at the least! I'm probably never going to get that, but a man can drink, damn it. But, uh, DC Comics announced a while back that Tom King and Daniel Sampir are working together on a new ongoing volume for Wonder Woman. Instead of continuing off of After 800 Uh, and be 801, they're instead just going back to number one and introducing the legacy number because complications need to happen. Uh... They have announced that Wonder Woman issue 800, the big finale of the run that was currently going on since Infinite Frontier, will feature Diana's daughter Trinity. Trinity is a creation from Tong King and artist Daniel Santier, and serves as their leading work for the relaunch Wonder Woman series. And I saw the image of it. The character looks great. Uh, the design's pretty damn good. The, she also has three lassos: a black lasso, a silver lasso, and a gold and her and Wonder Woman's iconic golden lasso. So, <laughs> so this is the thing. Um, I'm wondering how she's gonna be added, introduced to the DCU, or if she will ever show up after Tom King King and uh, Daniel St. run, but, um, Time Travels genetics do exist in the Multiverse is Infinite again, after the previous Multiverse is Infinite, but it's not somehow, and now it's back. Yeah, I don't get it either. But, um, Yeah. DC DC Comics had announced that they would be re, they would be bringing in Trinity, the daughter of Wonder Woman, who is co- who goes by the coding Trinity, and she's probably also the daughter of, of uh, Steve Trevor because there is some because some people noted that they kind of can tell this might be Steve Trevor's daughter with Wonder Woman. Here was my response when I heard this: Did everyone just forget Fury was the daughter of Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor? back in the previous multiverse that was destroyed in Crisis and Infinite Earths that she was integrate into the main DC universe like with Power Girl because you couldn't tell if she was the daughter of Wonder Woman or related to Superman for Power Girl's case so yeah th- they, yeah that's all complicated and then she disappeared right before Infinite Crisis went into ballistics mode with escaping into another to a dream to the dream realm with uh, her husband and, if I recall correctly, Daniel from the Sandman series, who replaced uh, Morpheus and never was seen again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tom King and Daniel St. Peter talked about the idea, um, <sighs> about the origin of Wonder Woman, of the new daughter of Wonder Woman. And in fact, King tells IGN that Trinity was one of the first ideas he developed for the series, even pred- predating the overarching conflict the Amazons being branded as allies by the US government, because, of course, the US government are idiots. Say, and he says it's hard to remember exactly, but I think I stole at least the first spark from Mitch Grannis, the brilliant artist who I'm blessed to work with on so many things. Mitch had a great idea for doing all sorts of all ages short story to follow up on our Mr. Miracle series with John Damien, who would babysit Sky kid Jack. This got me thinking about the son of Batman and the son of Superman as older brothers babysitters. And how they really, and how really the person they should be looking after is their little sister, the daughter, Wonder Woman. I have three kids, two of whom are close to age, and the one who's five years younger than those two. So I'm very familiar with this dynamic and its potential for comedy and drama. Super sons and a daughter. It's kind of a thing I like to, I want to read with them at any age. So after I ha- I had that idea in my head, I couldn't get it out. So, he also mentions when Grant Moore and Andy Huber introduced Damien and went off like a banana bi- bomb in the DC universe. It was about Batman having a son, yes, but it was more about the attitude Damien brought and how that played off of the Batman and the Robins. How he immediately differentiated Damien as a character that was fun to read and write. So, part of this was saying it's not enough to have a generic daughter of Wonder Woman. She has to be a character. She has to have weaknesses and strengths and a personality that can play off her brothers and her mother. Dan Jurgens introduced John as a quieter and his Quieter and his growth in the importance of popularity of him has been more organic, but perhaps is just as impactful as Damien. And then, Brian Michael Bendis came in and happened. Goddamn, people are still pissed. His strength seems to be his ability to talk to a new generation of readers to show them the both relevancy of Superman's ideals and the need to evolve those tenets. King you saying this model for the impact we wanted for Trinity, someone who could reflect on the greatness of one Woman and still show the next possible step of the ideals embodied but in the very impactful and very unique hero... And maybe more important than all that is that Don, Jamie, and are so great together. Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason gave us an endless gold with Super Sons. For Trinity, we wanted someone who could play with in that same sandbox who could add to that chemistry. King also admits that the character's codename was a result of a lot of trial and error. In the end, it was podcast of Daryl Taylor who suggested the name Trinity. Daryl is a super comic fan and I've been bouncing ideas off of him for a decade to try and see what works and what doesn't. I had gone through 50 very bad names. When you said Trinity, it just fits perfectly. She had three lassos. She would compete with John and Damien had started. Complete with John and Damien had started. She wasn't another one She was something new. And also, it was just cool. It's nice to have some nerdy friends. And, it's, and how... Daniel Sipier told IGN that the character is meant to blend with the classical 101 aesthetic with a more modern flair, saying, Well, it's not just the costume, it's about creating her entire appearance, her face, body language, visual attitude. It was really was a big challenge, but a wonderful opportunity at the same time. Luckily, that this one flew pretty naturally from the first attempt. Tom gave me some previous notes about how you would like to have the curly hair and ponytail, and also the three lashes, starting from there was my idea to make a balance for some classic one on details like the stars and bracelets mixed with some of the more modern look. I pitched a possible design for Diana when we started the run with her having long pants that finally didn't, we didn't use so I thought it was a nice opportunity to give Trinity those pants. I also wanted to give her more, more superhero look and less warrior base so I reduced the minimum, minimum the armor parts. Finally, I loved Yara's design and her chest plate and wanted to do something similar to Jolie Jones's design and ours. I like establishing this common piece young Amazons use frequently for the colors, I like the idea of using blue as the dominant color over the red to make the opposite of her mother and give Trinity her own personality in that aspect, too. Trinity will, will be an incredible character and I'm very honored to have created her look. I hope fans enjoy it. So, follow, so um... This also signals his return Callum King's return to the uh, new to an ongoing monthly title, following his A5 issue run on Batman. King exclusively works on self-contained limited series Woman of Tomorrow, Human, T- Human Target, and Warshack. For a while, it seems King's days of writing an ongoing series was behind him, but it was specifically because he had grown so uncomfortable writing nine to 12-issue books that King decided it's time to come to branch out again. And he partially credits uh, George Perez for convincing him before he died to do Wonder Woman eventually. So, I don't know what the big plan is going to be for Wonder Woman in terms of... Uh so, like, it was mentioned how while Trinity will appear as a younger Doll in Wonder Woman 800, uh, that doesn't mean Diana has been hiding the existence of a daughter for the past several decades. King tells IGN that the story is set roughly 20 years after the events of Wonder Woman 1 in the present day DCU. Trinity hasn't been born yet, and the monthly series will trace her origin and how she grows into her heroines scene in Wonder Woman 800. She will continue to play an important role in the series even as it flashes back to the present. I think it's safe to say we'll, we'll see more of the, of that future as we move forward with the story of Wonder Woman, which centers around how the future came to be, but it's important to add that main focus on Wonder, of Wonder Woman. The book will be Wonder Woman the Hero. The point of it, every issue and every arc of our story is to show the readers how awesome Diana Prince is, how relevant she is to today's world, and how kick-ass her powers are personally, pers- pers- personally are. Trinity is part of that story, but there's a lot more than just Trinity coming. A lot more. Uh, <laughs> DC fans are, are probably wondering about the identity of Trini's father. Is she the daughter of Steve Trevor? Trip is her hair color a clue? King's remain mom on it, on it when fans will learn the answer to that key mystery, but that in itself suggests a big reveal during the course of the monthly series. For now, though, it appears Trini's relationship with her mother is King's primary focus. Being the daughter of Wonder Woman being raised with a particular and particularly his... Historic superhero as your mother has the impact on Trinity that can't be underestimated. In many ways, the story of many of the Wonder Girls is them finding their independence from her legacy, discovering what makes them unique and not nice and special and wonderful and cool. In contrast, Trinity can never escape her parents. Good and horrible, absent or present, your parents' legacy, their decisions are always with you, and you forever struggle to reconcile what they have done with who you are. It's not enough for Trinity to find her independence, but she has to learn what it means to be the daughter of Diana. So June 20th, that will be the release date of Wonder Woman issue 800, and then we'll go back to wish issue number one for Wonder Woman in September of 2023. So yeah, that's about it for this huge batch of news. We're nearly an hour long, Mark. That's been a long while, but we're not gonna get to that hour. We're nine minutes away from that. But it's been a fun while, right? Having to talk about this again. I miss talking about this project. Oh god! I'm hoping to do more. I'm hoping to get the reviews out few quicker and project go, move faster. Um, I also have another project in the. I have another collaborative project in the works with somebody. We will. I don't want to confirm or deny anything yet. But um, they have their scripts getting. Re- they're writing up their scripts and whatnot. I don't know when they're gonna when, when this whole thing's gonna happen, but I do hope to launch it on podcasts while they get to launch it on their YouTube channel. But that's gonna depend on if it, everything falls through. Life is a chaotic mystery, and we can never escape it. So there's always gonna be com- conflicts and delays. So yeah, no guarantee if this is gonna happen or not. But I had talked to him about it. Uh, it's about finally getting the entertainment aspect of pop culture news talk since I've been focusing more on the comics and less about TVs and movies. So we're finally going to, we're, we're trying to work on something like that, but, um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, this is your host, Eric Brown of Neo Reality Collective pop culture news and reviews talk. Feel free to check out my other content. Stay tuned for this last break and outro, and we'll see y'all again next time. Take care. Have a good evening and take, and uh, have a good night. Peace.